Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, this week I talked to my buddy Dom, uh, he's a good friend of mine and he's a right-leaning Christian, so me myself being a centre-left atheist means that we disagree on a few things. This is part one of two. Uh, at the start, we talk about airsofting, as I've never been, and I'm quite interested in it. And, you know, Dom has been loads of times and mentioned that we should go together at some point. So, you know, maybe in the future, I'll be doing a podcast with him after doing some airsofting. But, yeah, it was really cool to chat about that. We then discuss zoos, along with animals and fox hunting, and where our viewpoints differ on the matter. Then we talk about gun laws, both in America and in England, and what we think about gun ownership and education. So, it's a really great chat. Part 2 will be released in the new year, as I'll be taking a bit of a break over the Christmas period to chill out, but also to record a few more episodes of the podcast. In Part 2 with Dom, uh, we speak about the religious extremism and differing views on religion, because obviously with Dom being a Christian and myself being an atheist, it means that we disagree on a fair amount. But I think it's a really important topic that more religious and secular people should discuss, really, in in a civil way, in, in a thoughtful way, where you don't get so angry at each other for having different views and that's what I liked so much about this talk with Dom especially part two where we talk about religion for about an hour and we both have different views but neither of us get really like we don't feel personally attacked by the other one so I think it's a really important sort of chat just before the show starts there's a word from a fellow podcaster and then we get right into it so be sure to follow us on Instagram Facebook and Twitter and I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it Oh, also, I saw Star Wars The Last Jedi the other day, and it's amazing. So you guys should all go see it if you're Star Wars fans. And also just a little thing that me and my buddy Alex will be recording a sort of movie roundup uh, in the new year of all the films of 2017 that we saw. Um, so yeah, look out for that. Anyway, on to the show. Ever wonder what happened to the actor from the 80s movie that you love? What about the director of the 70s splatter film that turned your stomach? Or, how about the model that starred in your favorite MTV video? I'd like to invite you to join me, Sean Riley, the host of Second Acts Podcast, on the first of each month as we check in with some of the most memorable faces you've forgotten to see what's going on in the second acts of their lives. You can check out Second Acts Podcast on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page for bonus content as well as ways to interact with the show. As Scott Fitzgerald once wrote, there are no second acts in American lives, but there are on Second Acts Podcast. Here's to your second act. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. It's with, with the podcasting thing, it's quite funny because you start the conversation and then it's like having this basically robot penis in your face is like really <laughs> weird. And it's just like, you're not used to talking with like a phallic thing and if, well some people are I'm, you feel really awkward it's like the classic thing you feel you have to knock it and testing yeah, testing you have, to, you have to knock it and then you have to rub it slightly and then <coughs> so you get a bit closer to it and stuff um, but yeah I'm telling you like because um, we were talking about this before um, when I saw you like, the other day or something and um, we were talking about on, on this podcast what we could sort of talk about because mm. one of the things that you do which um, in the new year when it gets uh, more a summary like around springtime we uh-huh. need to go airsofting Definitely, because I I've I, I did that. I think I talked to you about it briefly the uh, the battlefield live thing, mm-hmm. which is like it's basically it's like the pussy version of paintball because not even <laughs> not even getting hit by anything. And the airsoft is like the man. It's a bit like it's a bit like a laser quest, only a bit more bit more realistic. The battlefield live thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really really fun. Like I had a great time, <clears> but um, yeah, it's, it's not you don't get hurt or anything. Which no, airsoft thing can be pretty it can be really painful. I mean, the first time I went, I think I took about forty shots to the groin. By a very large man with a heavy machine gun, <laughs> and it almost put me off it for life. But, yeah, um... is, you're not making me want to go. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's fun being shot in the balls. Like, no. Yeah, it's um, it can be really painful, mm-hmm. but um, it's a rush. The oh, same yeah. as people doing like you know mountain biking, hill climbing, all that sort of stuff. Like it's a rush. We about, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's um, I mean, it is the best way to describe it that every airsofter will use, mm-hmm. but also hates, is that it is like paintball. Yeah. Only more realistic. Mm-hmm. The 
the guns are used uh, BB guns yeah. they're actually airsoft weapons they're real imitation firearms they look identical to a real gun yeah I think Justin's got my brother he's he, not seen them Justin has got a few yeah I mean he showed me his when we were over there yeah but um they yeah they look completely realistic if you can get it in the real world you can get an airsoft version um the internals are obviously like gearboxes and batteries and motors and stuff yeah but um I mean part of the point of it is being hurt is what makes it so enjoyable exactly it's yeah consequences. It's, it's, it's yeah it's exactly that it's yeah. you know Every action has a reaction. If you shoot a guy slower than he shoots you, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. So <laughs> it makes it more intense as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to become better when you know how much it hurts. Yeah. Exactly it's so. you know it's the little, the little incentive to not get shot because it really really stinks. Yeah. Rather than just I'm going to lose the game, it's it's going to fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, standard UK sort of sight law is that any weapon capable of firing fully automatic mm. is up is allowed up to 350 feet per second on a 0.2 gram BB. Nothing to me. <laughs> um, that's that's the speed it can travel at, well, yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and the I'm force. No concept of that. Um, you can just you can you can see it. Yeah. But you couldn't drive. You can catch up to it in a Veyron of the light. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, three hundred fifty feet per second. Fuck. Well, that's like um, in a minute. Obviously, that's six times a thirty. Well, if you do six times thirty-five, that would be uh, two thousand one hundred. Yeah. Um. So then times about ten. That's uh. To 2100 like the whole, because I used to be massively into my cars, the car scene, people are generally really sound. Yeah. The often scene, people are the same. I mean, we, me and my older brother Tom, mm. we go as often as we can. Our other two brothers get involved with it as well, yeah. one of which is disabled. Mm. Alex has never had any issues. People are always really sound, mm. always really up for talking to him, helping him if he needs it. You know, everyone's really quite an honourable, like, gameplay as well. So occasionally yeah. you get people who, like, pretend they weren't hit, which is, you know, if you can, if you can cope with the pain and not even flinch, all right, fair one. <laughs> but, um, you know, people on the whole are, are really honourable. Like yeah. they won't walk up behind you and shoot you in the back of the head. Yeah. They'll they'll warn you. Yeah. You know, well, just that's, that's a good thing. Pretend you're dead, otherwise you're really going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. you. Pretend you're going to be dead, or you wish you were. So. Exactly. I mean, we um we went. Me and Tom played at Longmore Army Training Camp, which right. is an MOD site, mm. and um that's obviously where the real army trains. Yeah. And uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant site. One of the best sites we've ever played at. And there's like rows of terraced houses and stuff it's it's a whole village okay. with um with a, a base like a, an FOB sort of thing you'd have out small checkpoint size in Afghan and all that sort of stuff yeah um, crashed helicopters crashed tanks oh man that's what shit amazing really really cool like an old train system mm. there um but we were in a row of these terraced houses and uh, there's basements with tunnels that link some of them and there's crawl throughs where people have smashed holes in the walls to go through between these different oh, wow. houses and stuff. And Tom leant down through one of the crawl throughs and saw a guy walking towards him on the opposite team mm. and just let rip with his M4 mm. and shot the guy in the shins about six or seven times. Oof. And uh, the guy was just like, oh, fuck, oh, hit, I'm hit, oh, my legs, why do I have to have legs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be brutal, but it's really fun. It's really fun. I mean, it's you can go as you go can go as into it or not as you want to. You yeah. can you can rock up and pay forty quid mm. and rent a gun and some eye protection because by law you have to wear eye protection. It's you can't fun. take part yeah, without Jesus it. Uh, ballistic rated as well, so it has to have all the right sort of stamp marks on it and all sorts of stuff. And if they question it, they'll test it by firing a six hundred FPS gun, which is way hotter than you can ever use in a game. Yeah. But they want to be sure definitely, yeah. at it. And from point blank range, mm. and if it cracks, well then it's tough. You shouldn't have rocked up with the wrong sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can pay you can pay forty quid, go for the day at a skirmish, right. um, which is sort of a bit more like playing Call of Duty. Mm. Everyone just runs around. There's loose objectives. There's yeah. games and stops, um, and that way you rent a gun and ammo and some eye prone. Or you can go really quite hardcore into it, which is what we try and do. You can do anything up from eight hours a day for a couple of days, or twelve, twenty four, thirty six, forty eight hours at a time. Um, on what are called loosely termed milsims, military simulations, okay. which is where you have to wear certain equipment that the army would wear and all that sort of stuff, like I mean, MTP, um, multiple terrain pattern camouflage clothing, which is what the British Army currently use, certain types of 
chest rigs and plate carriers and body armors and all that sort of stuff, certain types of guns for certain types of teams, and you literally immerse yourself completely in it for 48 hours yeah. um, and live the life of a soldier on a battlefield sort of thing. Without, obviously, the, the horrendous danger. <laughs> exactly, yeah, without without the, the horrendous danger. But they try and make it as realistic. I mean, some of the, the really high up there providers like Sterling um, and uh, Combat Airsoft Group and stuff like that, they, they have... Uh, actors and props and explosions going on and people that look like they've had their limb blown off and all that sort of Jesus stuff. Christ. I mean, it's all, it's all fake. People do unfortunately get hurt during it because it's a, a contact adrenaline sport, so it's going to be damaged. Yeah, football people get exactly. There's anything like that. But um, yeah, they they really go all out and they've had helicopters involved in games and speedboat assaults where you go across a lake and pile off at the end of of a pier and attack a pier and all that sort of stuff that like they go they go insane that sounds awesome it, yeah. it is so cool it's like living in an action film which <laughs> is a, amazing yeah that does sound really cool it's like um, you find with a lot when you said about the community and stuff <clears> like, <throat> you do find with um, with most things to be honest you find that when you're in with the community as long as it's not like a general douchey thing like the flat earth people or something like that you know, <laughs> when it's not something ridiculous then it's like generally people are quite cool you know it's, it's quite rare yeah. to go into places like that I mean there's certain places which are when things are a lot more bigger and mainstream in a sense like the mm. scouts I've been I, when I was younger I used to go to the scouts quite a lot and I went to yeah. several different troops and there's a lot of assholes there because it's so big and there's no niche and because yeah. there's no niche you don't have to be passionate well, it's, it's changed quite a lot I mean me me and Tom again my, my oldest brother I mean I work with him we hang out a lot Yeah, yeah. but we we helped out at a cub group for a friend of his for about six or seven months uh-huh. and um, you know scouts cubs beavers the whole system of it adventure scouts cadets used to be really really good it was something that kids could get into mm. get proper sink their teeth into they could go out and have adventures it'd be really cool yeah. we found unfortunately it's sort of declined a bit to the stage where it's parents who don't have time for their kids mm. send their kids to cubs and yeah, scouts yeah a lot of them are like very uh, they have a lot of issues a lot of the kids like, yeah. a lot of attention a lot of them are very spoiled and obviously I was one you know yeah but like spoiled to one they're really rude to mm. the, the assistants and the instructors and the cub leaders and stuff like that it's but you're not in a position to discipline them. Yeah. They're under your care, but it's not like a school system or anything like that. You don't have punishment systems or anything. Well, you school, can't there's like times out and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So. But, it, yeah, it's unfortunate that's happened. But still, you do occasionally get kids who are properly, properly into it. I mean, when I went when I was a kid, I I bailed out of doing Cubs and Scouts because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was hardcore enough. <laughs> so I was obsessed with Ray Mears yeah. and survival guides and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And I used to be in the garden making fires and traps and bows and arrows and spears and stuff. Yeah. And, um... I went, and I'm pretty sure on the first week of Cubs, they're like, we're going to learn how to bake bread on a stove. Like, well, I'm not going to have a stove in a jungle, am I? <laughs> so that's not really my not really my buzz. Yeah, I understand and, um, that, yeah. When I was going and stuff, when I was younger, um, I, I, apart from, I went to like, I think Cubs, I was in for a while, and then Scouts, I went to three or four different Scout troops, because mm. I got the issues, I kept conflicting with people, because when I was younger, I was a little asshole uh, <laughs> as well, which didn't help. And I was really fat, and I, it was just horrendous being me at Scouts. But what I, re- I, I liked camping, I liked being outside, and I still like exactly. it now, you know? And it, it's one of those things where being outside, when you, you know, even as a kid, when you fucking make your own fire, and you cook shit on the mm-hmm. problem, you're not like, yeah, let's make bread. It's like, if I'm out of the wilderness, I'm going to fucking have, like, my mate Alex, who obviously I've done the, the movie podcast with. Alex Hart, yeah. Yeah, he, um, <clears throat> When he's got his bushcraft and that sort of jazz. It's like, I'd like to go out there, go camping, and you get like proper meat. You get a like, wild boar or something. And some people buy like, the carcass and you get to skin it and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But for some people, that's a bit too hardcore. But just going out in the woods, making, putting your tent up or even doing shelter and stuff, depending on where you are and your sort of abilities and whatnot. And just, just so much just being outside, just being in like a forest uh-huh. for like two days with, with no, even if you've got your phone with you. It's very calming. Mm, it's even, serene. Even if you're not. Even if you are like a proper city boy, I mean, I was born in Slough, and that is it's a completely landlocked city. Well, I've been in Southampton almost my entire exactly. life. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, but I love the countryside. I love the country. If if I'd have had my pick, I'd have been born in Cornwall or Dorset or Somerset or something like that, or yeah. rural Scotland or Wales or something. You know. See, that's where you and I differ because I like li- I like living in the city because I'm a boy of convenience mm-hmm. and I like it where. I can walk around the corner and get a loaf of bread or, you know, I can just be like, go with them. Like in Southampton especially, is we've got cinemas, we've got... Very lucky rooms. here, yeah, we've got yeah, a lot of stuff here. You know, there's, there's, there's never nothing to do in Southampton. That's, exactly. that's the beauty of it. And it's, I, I like that, but I like Southampton because it's so close to the New Forest. Like mm-hmm. uh, me and um, my friend Justina, I think you briefly met her yes, the other week. Yes, I met her the other day. She, had, um, she moved here from Poland, I think it was about eight months ago, mm-hmm. and she hadn't been to the New Forest probably. So we just uh, a few weeks ago we just drove over there. I just I knew the, the area of New Forest vaguely well and I could remember a couple of places. 
So it's fucked up. We just went for a wander. We just walked in one direction just for an hour. And it's just, yeah. it's just moorland. I think it's moors where it's just like, it's almost like green desert almost. Where yeah. It's the, the, the sort of... Moorland and heathland and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's and brilliant. Just, and trees. And you just walk and it's, it's so nice where you can look around in a full circle and not only can you not see a car, you can't hear a car, all you hear is pure just nature. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. on my lunch times at work, because I work in uh, Totten now, mm-hmm. and um, the industrial estate I work on is, is literally, it's the industrial estate, there's the road, and then on the other side of the road, it's just green forest and yeah. stuff. Like, it's not proper big forest, but it's, it's all fields and moorland mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. I just, today, in fact, I, I have a blanket in my car. I went out there and there's a nice little spot between a couple of trees that I go to, and um, I just opened up the blanket just and laid down just yeah. for 15 minutes. On just my chill. Oh, just, and just listen to the, the nature and mm-hmm. that sort of shit. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's, the per- it's, it's almost like a, a recovery system because mm. it's, obviously it goes back away, but it's a bit of a weird way of looking at it, but it's, um, it's natural. Yeah. Even though humans have changed so much over time to, to want to get in the car instead of hike, yeah. you know, and, and to want to go and buy food instead of hunting and gathering, it is natural. Yeah. Being outside is good for the soul. Yeah, is you know it's something to to reconnect to a lost way of life. Even in even in a tiny bit, just chilling out in the woods for ten minutes, taking the dog for a walk. Mm. You know, well, we going camping. Some, the people the things that people forget about is that we are humans are animals. That's the thing. We, yeah. we like to think we're like right. There's animals. There's <clears> fish. <throat> there's birds. There's bugs. It's like, yeah, but we all we all came from. Uh, you go back far enough, we came from the same thing. Exactly. Like, we we are like we are primates. Like mm. we we may our our brains may have like um, become like ridiculously. Uh, I don't know what the term is, but we're like super intelligent compared to all other animals. So, yeah, advanced and that sort of thing. It's like, even though we've got that, we are still animals and we mm. do still have that connection with nature. You know, yeah. trees is one of the base examples of they breathe out oxygen, breathe in carbon dioxide, and we do the opposite. So there's almost no more baseline, simple, but beautiful synergy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have one big tree and one human, and it's just like, brilliant, perfect. You know? Yeah, right there. And it's, um, it's funny you talk about that because I've been. Recently, especially the last couple of years, it's been uh, more and more apparent with that sort of thing. But my uh, my sister-in-law, Catherine, obviously you've met, um, she's been doing this thing recently, uh, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast before as well, is um, rewilding, it's called. And it's basically, it's basically uh, it sounds quite hippie-ish, but it's, it's not like that. But it's, it's going out to the forest and it's kind of like, it's almost like psychotherapy, but woodland. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like you sit down and you're laying on the floor and talk about your feelings in a way. It's, it's a lot more... Subtle than that, essentially. You, uh, I, I don't know all the details about it, so if I slaughter this, I do apologise for anyone else who's done rewilding. But I'm going to be doing it with her uh, soon at some point. I'm, I think I'm going to have on the podcast because she wants to. She's going to be starting up her own company or something. Mm-hmm. Something along the lines. She's going to be doing stuff about it, having people go out to the forest. And I think we're going to do a podcast to help talk about it, and she yeah. be able to bring way more light onto it than I can. But it's like um, the way she's talking to me, talking to me about it was like you know you go out there for some people go there for four hours or eight hours or whatever, and it's like one of the things that you do is you just go for a wander for like 15 minutes or so and just mm-hmm. find like a tree that really calls out to you. Just just find one that for uh-huh. something. And occasionally, like a lot of people have been talking about recently, like instinct. And there's uh-huh. that weird thing that you have where, you know, you've just got that, that pull. You just know. Something. Yeah. And that's how I felt. This is obviously very different, but like with a podcast, I just, there was a thing about this. That I just, I knew when I thought about doing it, just everything in my mind was just like, yes, you should you fucking yeah. do this. And it's just, I love doing it. And when you're out in nature, you know, sometimes you just get this, sometimes when you're walking and there's no path and you just feel, you get drawn to a direction. Mm-hmm. You end up, sometimes you go and you go this certain path and you just come to this really beautiful big open clearing. Mm-hmm. Like when, with the new forest and stuff, you know, I don't know my way around it that well, but me and Justin just walked in like a random direction and we end up um, being surrounded by loads of cows. Just <laughs> doing anything bad, they just wandered about, they weren't aggressive, we obviously didn't get too close to them. But there's like loads of baby cows uh-huh. and it was just fucking awesome. And it was just like, the connection with nature has been lost because we put up all these walls, obviously in houses and stuff, which I'm fucking thankful for. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I do. It's nice to be like, warm at night. Well, exactly. That's the thing. But it is, there is that, excuse me, part of you which is still in nature. And a lot of people mm-hmm. lose that. And it's good to have things like when you do um, airsoft or people go camping, all these sorts of things. You yeah. know, Going outside, so, it's so hard to explain to, to it. Obviously, most people are happy outside. It's, it's little things, but I mean, airsofting primarily is played in woodland sites a lot yeah. of it. And um, we were at a site called Tudnam, which is up in Norfolk, and it's an old World War Two airfield. They used to fly Lancaster bombers from there. Oh, wow. And um, they've got a few disused buildings and stuff like that, like uh, barrack buildings and engineering rooms and warehouses and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's a there's a main runway and, um, and then a load of woodland. Mm. And uh, I remember trekking into the woodland on a patrol... Because this, this was a milksim, so we were out there for a decent length of time. And yeah. I trekked out on a little patrol. And uh, I knelt down by a tree. 
um, just to let some other guys go and scan the area a bit. And uh, I looked to my right because I heard a movement and thought, you know, stuff might be about to kick off. And what it actually was was two little weasels playing. Oh. And they just rucked around a little bit and then ran off. And yeah. I thought, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's just not something, you know, it's just little things like that. I think it's because everything's just so make controlled. Your... In, in the concrete jungles yeah. that we have, you've got <coughs> traffic lights, you've got cars, everything is moving so yeah. There's a certain way you have to do stuff. Yeah, there's like this high, it's almost like a controlled hive mind. But when you yeah. go out to the forest, it's like there's a general consciousness between mm-hmm. everything, but it's all very free, you know? Yeah. It's almost like beautiful. Uh, undamaging chaos whereas yeah. in the in the city it's kind of like super control but everything's chaotic in the sense of the consciousness is chaotic because uh-huh. there, there's so many people with depression and then there's pollution and then there's this there's working 9 to 5 in a job that you hate in, a, in an office and all these <clears> sorts of <throat> other things it's like we need these escapes and a lot mm-hmm. of people think I'll just make loads of money and buy loads of shit and sometimes it's just sometimes you need to go out to the woods and just spend a couple of hours not even necessarily with anyone just not thinking just yeah. you know oh, it's I do love going outside. I do want to, in the spring and summer and whatnot, because see Alex Hart's moved to Wales, and it's like, I want, I wish he had moved to Wales, because I want to go camping and stuff a lot more. But um, it's like I was saying to Justina, um, I'd love to just go out to the New Forest and just camp up there. But mm-hmm. the problem is, there's a lot of uh, wardens, people walk around there, and if you just randomly camp up somewhere, <coughs> they, they won't let you. No. You have to do it in the specific areas, which is understandable, because humans fucking suck and like to ruin things you know yeah. 9 out of 10 people go out to the woodland they be, they wouldn't leave any rubbish they wouldn't do anything bad but 1 in 10 people are going to be assholes they're yeah. going to go out there they're going to start a big fire fair enough they're going to throw loads of bottles and cans and shit on it mm-hmm. then it's going to melt and become those horrible stuff it's going to uh, damage part of the area yeah. critters are going to go up there and like, eat all that shit and it's just like if people weren't such selfish assholes and didn't ruin things people could just be like just go out in the forest yeah. have camping it'd be fine but then you have to go in these really specific areas and you have to pay for it and all those sorts of other stuff and it, it ruins it a bit but obviously, that's how it has to be, because people ruin yeah, stuff. Yeah, you have to control it, otherwise it gets ruined too quick. It's, um, it's been like that throughout time. I mean, like it's, it's a bit more extreme, but it's like buffaloes in America. Yeah. You know, they were there were like millions and millions and millions of them. Mm. And within sort of 40 or 50 years, there was like 200 left. Yeah. Because it was so good, you could go on tours. You could get on a train that would slow down going through the Great Plains. Yeah. So you could shoot buffaloes, you go past, mm. then they would stop. Slaughter them all up, take the trophy bits and the choice cuts of meats, and then just leave yeah. on the train to carry on, which is ridiculous. Mm. Obviously, I'm it's, a lot of people aren't anymore, but I'm still pro hunting. Yeah. I think it's a very natural thing. I think it's a very traditional thing. So long as you do it in a way that is not needlessly abusive, yes. then I still think it's okay. I used to not. I used to be against hunting, and so I listened. To, <coughs> I'll, I'll speak to you about about it and stuff. And um, uh, the Joe, I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, and he mm-hmm. talked about hunting a lot. And um, one of the things that uh, he was describing, and I didn't realise this in America, a lot of people don't realise this, they hear hunting, oh, you go out with loads of your mates, you shoot like billions of bullets into hundreds of animals <laughs> and shit, and you destroy them, it's like, no. Like, That's poaching. People get the two confused quite a lot. Yeah, with, with America, what, what I know specifically <laughs> in America is um, they have uh, they have like areas where they, you have to buy tags, mm-hmm. and they've got like X amount of elk, and they go, okay, well, the elk population is currently, for example, 500, we've got 500 too many elk. Okay. Yeah, to keep well, a stable system, we yeah. want this many. We currently have too many because yeah. we can't control the breeding. So we can only pay, cull them. Yeah, you pay for the the tags. The money you pay for the tags goes towards conservation of the uh-huh. area and for rangers to go out there, mm-hmm. make sure no one who isn't um, buying tags and isn't going out there killing loads of animals isn't doing anything wrong. You're keeping you keep the population in check. Where where we've gone where we've like fucked around with the whole ecosystem and killed all their natural predators. If you just leave it like. I think in Australia, they have Australia. They have so many deer um, that they have to fly a helicopter with like a machine gun, yeah. just gunning them down because there's so many. They're just destroying everything. Yeah. They just eat so much. Yeah, they become like a plague across the land. Yeah. You have to manage it somehow. Yeah. But I mean, um, there's a great program for anyone who is, even if you're not a fan, Louis Theroux. Oh, um, <laughs> obviously, that's he, immediately you were yeah. talking about hunting, and then everyone's a bit like, "I'm not sure you get Louis Theroux. We'll fucking watch. Yeah, it. definitely gonna watch. Anyone British is like, if Louis Theroux's in it, I'll fucking watch it. Yeah, he is definitely at the celebrity dinner table. <laughs> that man gets a free dinner any day. Yes, definitely. but he is. Yeah, his journalism is great because he, his opinion. It, people really have to drag it out of him to get his opinion. He just asks a lot of leading questions to open it up for people to make up their own mind, which yeah. is great. But he does one um, in South Africa about hunting, um, and it's it's absolutely great because you see quite a lot of how the conservation's improved so much. There's one guy he's talking to. Unfortunately, they do breed lions and all sorts of big game and predators and what would normally be prey animals all sorts for hunting yeah um the lions they were dying out in the area 
there's now an overpopulation of them because they breed them for the hunting. Yeah. Um, there's certain types of antelope and stuff like that that were on the verge of extinction. Mm. Now they have too many they don't know what to do with because yeah. they breed them for people to hunt. Yeah. And the, the money people pay for, you know, one trophy, like I think as they did one, it was a zebra. Mm. And I think it was like $2,000 yeah. for a trophy. Mm. And that $2,000 is enough to keep the business going so everyone's wages who works on the farm where they breed them and and you know keep keep the area going where it's protected where people can't come in and poach yeah. and overhunt yeah um it's enough to keep the breeding programs going it's enough to feed animals through hard winters and hard summers and stuff like that it's, yeah. it actually has a great impact on the welfare of other animals for that yeah. going yeah and it's not like they go oh yeah he's a year old he's barely lived any life let's gun him down yeah it's He's had a happy life. He's lived naturally, not in fear of, uh, you know, someone rolling through with a machine gun and gunning him down for just his hair or something. I mean, like elephant hunting, elephant poaching was insane to the point where people were massacring whole herds of elephants with heavy machine guns on the back of a jeep. These poachers would rock up with a heavy machine gun on a jeep, gun down the whole herd, cut off the ivory and leave. Well, that's, that's horrendous waste rhinos as well that's like the, I think the white rhino now is extinct by one well, yeah I think it's like five or six in, one. yeah in the wild they're like all gone yeah that's this is ridiculous mm. um, but yeah that the money saved and through proper hunting and proper breeding for hunting prevents things like that and a lot of people don't realise that when you say hunting in in England a lot of people go fox hunting that's the first thing that comes to their mind and they think of loads of rich dudes on big horses exactly that hounds, <clears> exactly that they on. think bloodthirsty dogs bloodthirsty men who have too much money not enough sense on a horse chasing it across the countryside till it's a bloody smear yeah that's the laws have been changed fox hunting is illegal then not illegal so many times it bats back and forth but the most common perception of it how it was that worked in my opinion for quite a long while was the hounds are still able to be used right. for the tracking and the scenting okay you have to finish the fox with a gun Mm-hmm. equally fair you are allowed to cross country chase mm-hmm. which some people think is unfair in that it puts fear in the animal mm-hmm. which yes it does in a way you get your phone call but that's fine <laughs> um, which yeah in a way it will put fear into the animal but it's a traditional part and you can't please everyone some people are going to go and that's wrong some people are going to go yeah that's right mm-hmm. why would you take a tradition away from someone mm-hmm. to change what you want if you don't like it don't get involved equally to make the animal suffer by being ripped apart by dogs is ridiculous. Yeah. So you can't do that. But yeah. to keep the dogs in the tracking and the scenting purposes stops those dogs from becoming extinct. Because mm. if the breed, it's purely a work of breed. Foxhounds, they make terrible pets by all accounts, as, as much as I've known into it. Mm. Other people may say they make wonderful pets, but you equally may live with six fields around your house, half a woodland and acres of land. Yeah. Um, if you live in a city, in a house, you know, my Labrador is a gun dog. Right. But... She is happy to be on the couch all day. She loves to snuggle. She goes out for regular walks through the yeah. woods and the fields down the road. Um, but equally, we live in a city. She's happy. She lives a good life. Yeah. I don't know that I could keep a dog like that in the same manner. Like a foxhound would probably go mad in my house. Yeah. Um, so if you stop foxhunting, why do you need the foxhound? Mm. So you're saving a surplus of foxes, which will then have too many, so they'll kill lambs and other animals that they'll have an effect on. The knock-on effects is so huge, but people sometimes forget to look, to look at that, and they just look at, I think that bit's wrong, so I should stop the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I've got I've got some di- I've got cognitive dissonance about uh, the fox hunting thing because, mm. you know, I mean, I I personally um, with the the cross country chasing them down, I, I'm not sure. It's one of the things where I don't really agree with that, but then again, how if you were going to do fox hunting, how would you... Like, if a fox starts running away, is it you'd have to have really specific parameters, and if that was the case, then the foxes would know, and then they'd never go in the parameters, you'd never be able to hunt them. The way I think you could only <laughs> succeed with fox hunting, because foxes, unlike, um, unlike elk or some of the other hunted animals, where uh-huh. you can hunt them for uh, meat, with fox hunting you can do pelts, which I, I don't believe that fur alone is a, is a good enough reason to mm-hmm. kill an animal. However, I will say to play a bit of devil's advocate, foxes, as adorable as they are, and I do love foxes, they can be pests, you know, and yeah. the way that I'd say the most ideal way of doing it, it would cost quite a bit of money to start up, but I think the only way that I personally could be super happy with a fox hunting was if they somehow got a read of all the foxes in, um, do you take a phone call? No, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, the only way that I think I'd be able to uh, be okay with fox hunting would be if they somehow worked out how many foxes there are everywhere and then kind of kept the kept them breeding and kept them going and kept the population steady and then if they 
around certain areas where there's a lot of farmers and stuff, there was certain areas where if foxes went within a certain mile radius of farmers with X amount of chickens or X amount of this, yeah. if there was, say, some sort of weird thing where every farm, if there's a three or five mile parameter around the farm where you're allowed to hunt, I'd say that would be okay with me because then it's... One thing that people don't realise or don't think about a lot of the time is with animals like foxes or certain other animals is like there are before humans came about there were natural predators you know we're, we're not yeah. the, we're not the only animal on the planet to kill other animals you know we've probably done a lot worse <laughs> we've done a very bad job and it's made a lot of extinct but there's a lot of animals which will have natural predators that we've got rid of or we've killed yeah. and sorts of things and it's like animals kill each other That that's you know we're animals it's natural. That's, that's the part of it it's like you know I don't think you should yeah rip, rip apart foxes or dogs I think that's horrendous but using them to set a track Fair enough. Yeah. And I think it, for me for me to be moral about it, I would say they'd have to be a pest and they'd have to be keep the keep the population under control, have the tagging sort of thing like they do in America, and use the money from the tagging to help conservation. Exactly that. And then if you did it around farms and stuff, it would save the farmers, save the sheep and all and the lambs and all that sort of stuff. And it would it would be equal because that's what nature's all about. Or when nature works well, which is not all the time, because pandas, for example, they're fucking atrocious at breeding. <laughs> yeah, they're but just too lazy. If it wasn't for us, like pandas, pretty much extinct. Yeah, like, but they yeah, there is there is such a thing as natural extinction. Yeah, it was exactly it's natural selection, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. The Darwinism and stuff. It's evolutionist, and we've actually said we're saving pandas, which. Which really should be extinct. Right now. Yeah. I love pandas, but they should be extinct. They're, fucking terrible. they're adorable and hilarious, yeah. but equally rubbish at breeding. Yeah. So they kind of deserve to be extinct. Well, that's the thing, you know. And it's like, with if we just if we kind of if we let nature kind of do its own thing, but had a little hand in guiding it a bit, I'd be fine with that, you know. And yeah. I, if we can keep all the right things going, then I'm happy with that. Uh, but with hunting, like I don't know. I'm not saying we should necessarily start eating foxes, but mm. I'm. Would fox meat be good? Yeah, I don't know. If it's, I was offered it, in, if I went to a foreign country and they said, "Here, try this," I'd, I'd eat it. Yeah, so when, it. when we were kids, we were given rabbit. Yeah, and, well, rabbits um, are pets, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way more people are rabbits. We, than pets we were told we were told it was chicken because yeah. mum and dad didn't want us freaking out, going, "Oh no, you've killed a rabbit!" And all that sort of. It was delicious. I it's still delicious. I I will eat rabbit anytime. Venison equally delicious. I really want to try venison. And another one that people are really on the fence about and people go oh no that's horrible is veal veal is bull calves yeah yeah my mum really likes if it. you have too many bulls you know they'll hurt each other fighting over breeding a farmer has to pay to keep them alive mm. when the bull is old and ready to die the meat is worthless no one wants to eat it yeah if it's not good enough he won't let it breed because he won't make money yeah he can't milk it it's not it's not good for beef unless it's as veal yeah so what are you supposed to do with it he can't afford to live and keep his farm open and keep cattle going, which is our supply of beef and milk, without you know, by by wasting money on animals that will make him nothing. So the bull calves have to go somewhere. Yeah. If they can live a happy life until they are killed and butchered in the standard ways, things where we get pork, lamb, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and mutton, then that's fine. It's not like they are straight out of the womb and onto a plate. Yeah. It's they live a happy life where they're well fed and they get to run around fields until it comes to them time for them to go to an abattoir and be butchered. Absolutely fine. It's natural. Mm. You know, people it's it's quite rude of people in a way to think you can't have that, it's wrong. Well have you looked into why it happens? And for like it I I've seen animals being slaughtered for, for meat purposes and all that sort of thing like on TV I've seen the the process it goes through with my own eyes sort of thing it's a natural thing mm. I'm going to eat the pork I like pork I'm a big guy pork mm. is delicious I'm yeah. going to eat it mm. yes it was a cute pig equally it wasn't my pet mm. in countries they in you know some countries Asian countries predominantly they eat dogs Yeah, that's fine I'm not going to eat my Labrador <laughs> I love my Labrador she is like a child to me Yeah. however if in another country someone went here try this dog I'd try dog I'd try the dog I'd, I'd, the thing is I think what we have to do as a society, especially all societies, we have to because obviously every culture is slightly different. You know, obviously you know, yeah. a lot of the Asian cultures they'll eat um, dog and obviously they'll eat anything. They eat rat. Rats really big in Vietnam. Well, exactly. You know, it's that sort of thing. But it's like I, I, I was going to have dissonance on this. You know, I, I would morally, I'd like to be a vegan mainly because of factory farming and you know the horrendous conditions they have. In. Yeah. But if we could have a system where all animals live at least fairly, at least fairly good lives. Oh, cousin is calling me right now a lot and she's saying it's urgent i'm sorry guys we have to pause the podcast and we'll come back to talking about um 
uh, all this sort of stuff as well. And I imagine Dom's probably going to go for a cigarette. Outside. <laughs> so we'll pause here. Back in a moment, guys. We'll be back. Back. And we're back. Sorry, cousin Charlotte. She called. She threw a wrench in the whole fucking system. She bloody. She called me up and moaned, saying this is really urgent. I was worried something really bad happened to her. And it just turns out she really wanted to do a podcast with me, with her friend Natalie. And she was demanding to come over here, like, right now to do one. And I was like, no, I've got Dom. And Dom's a busy guy. And, you know, we've been organising, trying to organise this for a while. So, yeah, sorry for that interruption, guys. Get back into it. What we were talking about was basically, uh, yeah, animals and stuff. We think that there should be, if it's going to be hunting and stuff, there has to be reasoning behind it. Yeah, it has to be pest control. They have to be good for the ecosystem. You have to generally, you know, food for it as well. It has to be like a means to an end. The animals can't suffer and it has to be for the benefit of the ecosystem and for conservation reasons. Not you know? just, yeah, not just not just for, for something to do. It can't just be a hobby yeah. and you'll shoot it and go, oh yeah, brilliant, take a picture and leave. Yeah. The, you know, like we were saying, fur coat, really warm, antlers, really cool on your wall. But equally, if that's all you did it for, it's not really fair. Yeah, it's not there's, worth... There's got to be some good good reason for doing it. Someone's going to eat out of it. Someone's going to make money out of it for the, you know, that they need, not just like, oh, I, you know, I got 20 quid because I let that guy shoot my deer. Yeah. But, you know, I made money to fold back into conservation mm-hmm. or to you know, improve the life of other deers and all something good that will come of it, a knock-on yeah. effect, you know, like exactly. a ripple in the water, not just, it was really fun going out to shoot that. Now, see, you were talking about, um, you were talking about, if you can hear that, guys, that's Tom playing with, uh, Tom, Dom Finn playing with my fidget spinner. I can't help it. It's, it's very, it's, it's very tantalizing. Addictive. I leave it out just so when people come over they can fiddle with it rather than fiddling with me. <laughs> no one ever fiddles with me without being asked to, but Dom has, you know, he's doing it right now. He's, he's not really. He's too far away. He's trying to rub my feet, though. Um, <laughs> um, we, when we were uh, in between me having that phone call and starting up recording again, um, you mentioned Longley, and I'd like to. I, I really like going to yeah, zoos. Yeah, man. I, I love going to zoos, but once again, our cognitive dissonance on this. Uh, cognitive, for people who don't know, a cognitive dissonance is having two conflicting ideas about the same thing, or two conflicting opinions. And I, lo- I love zoos. I love going to zoos. I love. You know, seeing animals in zoos, I think it's great for kids to learn about animals and stuff. However, a lot of animals that you see in zoos, <coughs> primarily things like lions and stuff, mm-hmm. they it's very rare to see lions that are that happy in zoos because they like to explore. They're, they're like cats. If you keep a house cat, a lot of the time they won't be as happy. Mm-hmm. But like giraffes, giraffes don't give a fuck. Giraffes are like, are like if you have a giraffe in a zoo, they're happy as fuck because they just have no predators. Yeah. You know? it's If you have a predator <coughs> in a zoo or a really, really intelligent animal, then they get bothered. They, they struggle. Get upset. Yeah, exactly. When you get animals that are quite middle ground intelligence, or they're normally constantly fear of being killed, like, by sharks, like a yeah. wildebeest, you are there to eat grass, poop, and be eaten by other stuff. Yeah, you are really stupid, and there's millions of you. you so like me now. you'd be you'd be happy in a zoo. <laughs> I, would I be mean, in a zoo. we um, my girlfriend and I went on holiday to the Isle of Wight. We went to a place called Amazon World, which yeah. is brilliant. You uh, you walk through and there's lots of animals you can go. We did um we did a tapir experience where we went in and fed Brazilian tapirs. Oh yeah, and gri- and, uh, and brushed them and like got them scratches and all that. Incredible animals, really really amazing to be up that close with them. Yeah. Um. There's also like a wallaby walk through there where you can mm-hmm. go in and feed wallabies and stuff. We also went to the Isle of Wight Zoo. Mm-hmm. It is really unfortunate that that is a terrible terrible zoo. Right. Um. They they really they are really trying. You can tell people are really trying, but it's, it's unfortunately I just think it is declining. Mm. But I mean, they have a leopard in there, in an enclosure that's probably no bigger than the average living room, maybe twice the size of the average living room. Fuck. And um, it it was just laid down, in a in like a, a tree trunk on its side that had been hollowed out. It was just laid down there on a bit of straw for a, every time we walked past it, and it's pretty much in the centre. Mm. So we were walking around and past it quite a few times. It just hadn't moved. It was just looking really bored. And they had some monkeys that equally looked quite bored. Yeah. And um, they had quite a few tigers, which was cool, and a few lions, which... Equally, they just looked really bored. Yeah. They weren't massive expanses of room for them to roam around in or anything. They weren't particularly active and happy-looking. They just looked bored, yeah. which is unfortunate, which is not what you want. I mean, they, in a way, it's beneficial that they're in zoos because you can make sure something can't go extinct if you can if you can keep it in a zoo it may go extinct in the wild but you've at least got a chance to keep the animal going yeah. through that and the breeding programs they have European breeding programs worldwide UK um, a lot of people who work in zoos do really care about animals it's just, exactly there's just certain animals which I just don't think should either they either shouldn't be in a zoo or they should unfortunately money is, is a factor but there's certain animals mainly like lions tigers what the big cats where they would need such a huge roaming ground that yeah. it would that for humans to go and watch them. It wouldn't be viable. And the problem is, is that not 
not as many people would like to donate money to uh, you know to save certain animals and not be able to see it. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, charities about conservation and that sort of thing, and you can you know sponsor a leopard and that sort of thing. But it's like what we'd need ideally is to have like a huge zoo like a city and like each area is like a specialist of animals and you'd have yeah. to have like a giant glass dome over it and have the humans like almost at the top move like have you seen uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yes I love that film you know Brilliant. the dolphins thanks for all the fish well, that's amazing amazing they crack me up I, I love that whole it's narrated by Stephen Fry fucking, that's one of my favourite movies ever but you know towards the end where um, uh, Arthur Dent aka um, oh god What's his name? What's the actor? <clears throat> I should know this. He's a ma- massive actor. Uh, Martin Freeman. There he yes. Is. When Martin Freeman and Bill Nye are on that uh, that weird moving platformy thing, and they're yeah. going around like they're making all that stuff, uh-huh. and like being on this like super high moving platform, like over it all, being able to look down upon like creatures in their natural <clears throat> habitat, but not fear of being poached or killed by the predators. <laughs> that would be really cool. But the amount of money that would cost to create something like that would and, be insane. And people want a zoo where they could just kind of slowly wander about, look and look, you know. Most when I've been to Marwell or Longley, majority of animals are fine. You know, yeah. there's a lot of animals really like. I don't know about penguins, for example, but you see penguins; they don't normally seem that upset. They seem pretty chilled, waddling around, eating fish when they get fed, and swimming about. We see them on like either planet Earth or Blue Planet or Frozen Planet, any of those <clears> things. <throat> they have fucking terrible lives. They like <laughs> they are freezing cold. Well, they're freezing huddled cold together. All the time. They're always like there's those ones where they have to like jump off those uh, those big rocks and yeah. swim, and then a lot of them just die, just falling in the water and yeah. eating rocks and shit. And it's like. They're probably pretty happy, like meerkats and stuff. They're they're probably pretty happy not being on the lookout for like mm. eagles and like bobcats or anything like that attacking them. Actually, bobcats I don't think are in um, Africa or where meerkats are from. But regardless, big cats and things like that and big birds. It's mm-hmm. like they're probably you know if you're living your entire life in fear and then you take away the predator, it's probably quite chill. But if you're a predator and you take away like the thing that gives you that adrenaline rush, chasing the prey and stuff, <laughs> yeah. then it it's shitty. You know, it's that sort of thing. Um, so I do have this dissonance with zoos where I just I think certain animals should be in zoos but other animals maybe not I mean a bit of sloth in a zoo sloth don't give a fuck <clears throat> yeah certain things will thrive in it others will, will probably really hate it mm-hmm. but um, you can't can't really get around it yeah in, was it, well they used to have zoos because before the internet no one you couldn't see an animal no, that wasn't from your native exactly. place exactly even going from country to country go back a couple hundred years that's basically impossible obviously the, I think yeah. the Wright brothers that was in the early 1900s, I believe. Because mm-hmm. I think from from make I think it was something like when they from making a plane to actually being able to fly, uh-huh. it was within within a decade they were yeah. dropping bombs out of it. That's that's how yeah. close yeah. together it was. You yeah. know, it was like oh we can fly bombs, and it's like yeah. World War One I, I think was the one of the first times where bombs were actually being dropped out mm-hmm. of uh, planes and things like that. So. You know, before you know the 1900s, there weren't there weren't planes or anything. So traveling to um, America, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in 1776, three months on a boat, then you know you could die on the boat. All this yeah, exactly. Stuff. And the, you know, and then you've got to try and cross America, which in itself was a mission. Yeah, it's kind of a mission now to get planes. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you know, people say, "Oh, cross over America it takes like hours and hours and hours on a plane," yeah. and it's like that's nothing compared to before planes. Exactly. So you couldn't see other animals without zoos. So. Even though it did make them suffer, for human knowledge, you know, I, I don't know if this is valid because it's a very grey area of how many animals should suffer for human knowledge. Like, would you say one leopard being having a horrendous life for, let's say, a million humans having a knowledge of leopards? Like, I don't know if that's viable. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not saying it is or isn't, but it's just like, at what point, like, how much do you value knowledge and how much do you value, yeah. like, pain of an animal and where's the balance, you know? Yeah. There's always these grey areas in life and what triggers me is when people try to act like they know. Do you know what I mean? When when they're like, no, this is this is definitely like with the hunting thing. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who are just like blanket term. All hunting is bad. It's like no, there are parts of hunting that's bad. Yeah, and parts exactly. Of hunting that can be good. You know, it's like if there were like, you know, if there were like some rampant, uh, rabid, say wild dogs got out or wolves and they uh-huh. had this disease on them that if they bit you, you got like super rabies or something. Yeah. And they were like hundreds of thousands of these wolves going through our streets. You wouldn't have loads of people protesting saying, don't kill the wolves. <laughs> don't you'd... kill the wolves, they're cute and cuddly and ripping my leg off. Yeah, you'd no, be, exactly. You'd, you'd say, kill the wolves. So it's all they're about... in my garden, get yeah. rid of them. Most people would be like, you know, get rid of those wolves because <clears> they're <throat> killing everyone. And then it's like, okay, take one step back from that. What if they weren't, they were just rabid and weren't super rabid, they were just normal rabid. Would you do it then? Yeah, most people say, kill them. Then you take a step back from that. And the way I find with people, 
when people really protest things and are really against stuff, what I like to try and do a lot more recently with them is I'll ask them, okay, you ask them of a really extreme example, you mm-hmm. know, that when people would go, oh, um, one thing I like to do is when someone says, oh, I'd never, I'd never jump out of a plane, you know, as skydiving. A lot of people would say that. Yeah. And I'd say, okay, would you do it for a million pounds? And most people would say yes. Okay, okay. Would you do it for 500 grand? And they go, yes. And then you can cut it down and down and down. And what you find a lot of the time, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, is people don't really know how much they do or don't want to do something. Because yeah. if, you, if you really, like, for, for example, right, I'm not gay, okay? I don't want to suck a dude's dick. <clears throat> but if you paid me the right amount of money, I would suck a dude's dick. Yeah, that we, money will set me up for life. What's a li- what's five minutes of not enjoying something for being set up for life? Well, exactly, and that's a million pounds. Well, if you go back to, like, if you said, let's say 50 grand, okay? Yeah. Now, 50 grand, that's a lot of money. Like, that's a down payment on a house. and it's That's like, a huge down payment. Your mortgage payments will be cheap. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> well, would I suck, would I do something that I really don't want to do and would make me feel Probably quite sick, to be fair. Obviously, I'm not saying I'm homophobic or anything, but in sec- generally with sexual things, if a, mm. if a gay guy, you know, um, tried to go down on a woman, that would make him feel uncomfortable in the same way yeah. that me sucking a dude's dick was. So it's like, <clears throat> at what point, like, the X amount of time of it being really unpleasant for how much money? You know, like, eating someone's shit. I would, this is obviously incomparable to sucking someone's dick. I'd much rather suck someone's dick than <laughs> eating shit. But, like, I really, really wouldn't want to eat shit. But if you said, Mike, I'll give you 10 grand to eat someone's shit, it's like, like five grand, I think wouldn't be enough. But I think ten grand, that's like that would that would like eating someone's shit. That like if someone said you have to have like a whole spoonful of shit, eat it, and swallow it. Obviously, you'd puke afterwards and stuff. It's yeah. like that would really suck. But like from you you putting that spoon near your mouth to you being done with puking and washing your mouth out, probably having a hot a cold shower, um, hot, <laughs> like a chemical shower maybe. And it's like from those the point of just about to do it to after there's no more uh, discomfort from it. That amount of time and that amount of displeasantry, how or unpleasantries, how much money is that worth? Exactly. I mean, they could. People would mock you for the rest of your life. You would feel disgusted with yourself, and you'd probably be ill for a while. However, you could recover in your mortgage tree house. Exactly. So, you know, it's just like, well, you know, like, well I had all this. the way to the bank. Exactly. And it, with people with those sorts of things, like with hunting and stuff, I like to try. Uh, recently, more so, I've been trying to. When people say, oh, I'd never do this, or I'd never do that, I try and kind of figure out, you know, sort of why and where the steps would be. You exactly. Know? And that's always quite a nice way of finding where yeah. people actually... Because a lot of the time you do that to people, and a lot of the time people go, oh, I wouldn't do that for that. And then you go, oh, I'd do it for a million. And then when you knock back eventually, you realise they'd probably do it for 20 grand. Because, like, 20 grand, like, the average wage in Britain is uh, 22 grand, okay? But that's, mm. that's before tax. So you've got to think, like, working for a solid year, no tax being taken out, and nothing coming out of your income, all for however long of something unpleasant it's just like most of the time people call that yeah exactly but that that sort of the taking a step back taking a step back to, to open up someone's view a bit more that works in all walks of life as well mm. I mean the really obvious one that I find because you know I'm into firearms and the airsoft and all that sort of stuff um, in America obviously they get a lot of mass shootings they have a lot of gun problems I want to talk to you about there's gun laws actually there's I thought a, about there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of murders there's a lot of mass shootings yeah um the gun control system does need a reform in some way. People yeah. should be allowed to own firearms. Right. I think it's a good thing so long as they're not mistreated, obviously, but okay. you need laws in place to make it a case-by-case basis. Right. The The adage goes around that the only sure way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Right. So when people say, especially in this country, because the gun laws are incredibly controlled in this country, yeah. Um, people go, guns are bad, it should be illegal to own a gun in America. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, if you think back to, I mean, any of the mass shootings, a guy walks into a room full of people, into a bar, starts shooting. Mm. People will run and panic. It's a natural instinct. Yeah. Some people will, their natural instinct is to fight that man and try and protect others. Yeah. And they're heroes. However, what are you going to do? Mm. You're 40 feet away you're going to try and pick up a chair and attack him with a chair. Yeah. He has a gun. You can never run faster than his bullet. <laughs> That's true, yeah. However, if he looks to his left and shoots at people over there, then looks to his right, someone on his right's already pulled a gun shot. Mm. You've, you know, unfortunately people may have died, but you've stopped a lot more dying. Because right. that man legally owns a gun. Mm. And when people go, guns are wrong, you should never own them. Well, if someone breaks into your house with nothing but murder in their mind and you had a gun, surely you're going to reach for it. It's one of, the, it's one of those things where, with the, with the gun argument, 
every country and every culture is very different and it's it, the problem is, is once again with this gun argument is that everyone or not everyone but a lot of people who talk about gun laws <clears throat> seem to say they know the answers when yeah. you, you can't because not everything's been tested but with with the gun thing I will say with someone with a mass shooting and things like that, that obviously it's, it's such a grey area and there's so many different parts to talk about because like with um, me and Tom spoke about the podcast which is one I released recently about the uh, the Las Vegas shooting you know mm. The majority of the guns that guy had were illegal. And he was hiding in a yeah. hotel room and you could have had a gun, but you can't see him. You couldn't have Yeah, exactly. Out. In fact, Tom's uh, girlfriend, Laura, stayed in that hotel when she went to Vegas. How fucked up is that? And um, with, with gun laws and stuff, I think in America, if you just made guns illegal now, you, you can't, it wouldn't solve it, anything. There's, there's too all, many in there. You there's can't more guns do it. than people in America. There's exactly. More, but in England, the thing is, like for, in England and Australia, for example, it worked because Australia had a mass yeah. shooting. They got rid of guns, no mass shootings. Over here, me and Tom spoke about it in the last podcast, there was the round moat thing, <clears> which was, there was that one guy with a shotgun yeah. in North Cumbria. And I forgot, I spoke to uh, my sister-in-law, Catherine, about this and she was like, she was like, oh, you didn't mention this one. And I can't remember what it is, um, but there was a guy, it was when Justin was younger, so I think it was about 20-ish years ago, mm. there was a guy who went to like a classroom and he just gunned down loads of kids. It was like 30 kids and a teacher or something. Yeah. It was like 20 years ago. I, I don't know all the details. No, it. but I'm pretty sure I know what you're about. Yeah, well that thing, like those two things, occurrences, <clears throat> there might be a few others that have happened in, in England, but in England, we don't have a gun issue because there are no guns. And getting a gun in England now is really, really hard. Yeah, so, it, is, it is really hard to get in guns. In America, I mean, there's already guns. So if you make yeah. it illegal... All the guns are still there. You could do a yeah. thing in, in Australia in a similar way, but the thing is, as, as a, an argument which has come up, which I'm starting to agree with a bit more, is Australia is the size of America, but has a population of... I think it's like the population of Australia is like 20 million. The, yeah. the, whereas the, the population of America is like 330 million, and they're not the same size. So, exactly. Uh, with America, what I think, in my view, from I, I'm not a gun expert, and I'm not an expert on American uh-huh. politics either, but the way I look at it is, what I think it should be, is um also in America they don't they automatic rifles I think in all the states are illegal but semi, Auto, yeah all semi firearms are completely illegal but semi automatic illegal in some of the places yeah they're also thinking about bringing in various magazines I mean a standard Stanag magazine which fit an M4 which is a very common top weapon platform it's thirty rounds they're now thinking of bringing in laws to regulate to ten rounds maximum well well that's what I was gonna say I think in my opinion the way this is just this isn't necessarily based on loads of education and loads of looking into mm. it. this is from what I've heard a lot about the Joe Rogan uh, podcast a lot of sort of other things. <laughs> I'd like to hear what you your opinion is on this as well. I would say that in America there should be shotguns just for hunting, just like like double barrel sort of things. No, no more than two shots in a shotgun sort of thing. Probably one really, but two would be okay. And handguns. For me, I'd say uh-huh. if you have anything more than like a hunting rifle with like a one shot bolt action sort of thing, hunting rifle, uh-huh. one a shotgun and handguns, you shouldn't be able to buy anything else. And I would also say. The magazine sizes, there should be a cap on it. Like handguns, probably... I don't know the exact clip sizes, but I'd say you shouldn't have more than 10, bu- 10 bullets in a clip, you know? Mm-hmm. So Because then, if there was a mass shooting, you know, you could shoot 10 people, but when you have to reload, then someone in America, if they had the gun, then potentially that uh, yeah. heroism could come about. And also, I'd say they shouldn't sell guns at Walmart. I think that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's literally Asda over here. Like, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know about Walmart and stuff, imagine going to like Asda in Britain or Tesco or any of that sort of thing, or Lidl. Yeah. Imagine going into Lidl. Going into Wilco or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just, just buying a gun. A fire, huh? You go on Google, right? Like, I went on there uh, a few months ago. I just, because I was talking about this with someone and I heard about Walmart selling guns. I was like, it can't be. And literally, if anyone's listening to this right now, mm-hmm. go on, on your phone, on your computer, literally go into the Walmart website, search bar gun, and literally you can see, you can buy actual guns in Walmart. Yep. They have I in Walmart yeah. with guns it's like that. it should be it should be uh, you should have to um, because people say also in America one of the arguments is oh you know people drive cars and you know obviously what's happened in, in England recently and in a few other places in America I think there's one recently as well and other places in Europe people drive a van on the sidewalk or the pavement and kill those people mm-hmm. yeah but to get a car you well, to have a car you need the license you need this you need that yeah. with guns in America it's you can buy a gun you, I think it's a three-day waiting period, and in all the states, it's slightly different. You know, what I think it should be is you have to do gun safety training. Uh-huh. You have to, if you have guns in your house, it should be similar in the way that Britain has it, where there's one re- each person who can touch the gun has to be registered and licensed. Mm-hmm. They have to do gun safety courses. They have to do refresher courses every I don't know five, ten years or something, and there should be locked away in a cabinet or a safe or some sort of safe place yeah. somewhere where because like toddlers in America are always getting killed and killing people because people have guns in their handbags or on their side yeah. and children like children are dumb because that's what that's what being a child is you know yeah. you get kids who but if a kid's being dumb with a knife yeah they could inadvertently stab themselves or something else but a kid with a gun 
That's a exactly. Different you live and learn, but when you're playing with something that deadly, mm. you no, that's <laughs> you're not going to live and learn. Yeah, you're so, probably someone will die. So, what's your opinion? That was my thing on, on guns, mm-hmm. which is handguns, hunting bolt action, hunting rifles, <clears throat> shotguns. Everyone should have licenses, uh, courses, all these sorts of other stuff. That that's how I'd say it should be. A mm-hmm. lot more, like a lot more tight than. Uh, Driving license. That's, yeah. that's why I feel. Yeah. So, what's your what's your opinion on this? Because you're a lot more with airsoft well, guns. So. With handguns, particularly, yeah, I would say a handgun poses a greater danger than a long arm. Okay. Because I, I mean, I, I have holsters and stuff. I can uh, airsoft terms, of course. But I, I mean, I've shot real guns and I'm, I'm into real firearms. And you stuff. Like gun my I my dad's you. family is American, so it's okay, it's yeah. you know it is it is a thing. I mm. firearms are a way of life over culture. there. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I holster in airsoft. I holster my handgun on my hip. I can draw that in a second. Yeah, I can be up and fire off five rounds. Yeah, if I, you know, holstered is in a safe position, sort of thing. In load carrying purposes. Yeah, load carrying purposes. My rifle may maybe slung across my shoulder, or it'll be on a, a bungee sling that goes from my shoulder down there and retains it, so it's in a ready position, so I can just yeah. and up and and ready to fire. It's quicker for me to draw a pistol than it is there. I can hide my pistol on myself. Yeah. You can't hide a three foot gun as easily as you can hide a six inch pistol. That's a good point. That's a very and good point. I could walk down the street and if I walk with purpose and look like I should be in there, I've got a couple of shopping bags, you know, I'm walking into a store, got my cell phone out. I look fine. I could have two guns on me. Yeah, one each hip easy. Exactly. Easy. I can have one under my jacket, one tucked into my pants. You probably hide about five handguns Exactly. On if I'm walking down the street with a shotgun, <laughs> someone knows I'm walking down the street with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, so handguns and stuff, I think, should be more regulated. They are they're brilliant for self defence because they're concealable. They're That's easy to, to work into. Yeah. yeah, they're easy to work into your normal life. However, the the danger they possess is greater, in my opinion, because you don't know if it's there or not. Yeah. Um, rifles and shotguns and submachine guns and stuff like that. It comes into a whole other category. I mean, a hunting rifle. Is an incredibly powerful weapon. Yeah, it's generally going to fire like a, a three hundred eight or something like that, mm. um, or a three hundred Win Mag round, which is which really stopping power. The, the bullet's got real stopping power. Yeah, um, when it's taken down, things like elk and stuff, exactly like dense muscle stuff has to. Yeah, um, yes, there is a bolt action to it. You'll generally have five to seven rounds in it. This bolt action takes more time. They have greater accuracy, greater greater range, mm. so you potentially pose more danger that way. Mm. Um, the AR platforms like AR-15s, AR-14s, M4s, M16s, stuff like that, armor light guns. The 5.56mm round that they fire, the standard NATO chambered round, um, doesn't have such a big stopping power. Yeah. But equally, like I say, the standard Stanag magazine is 30 rounds. Yeah. And it isn't too hard, I would imagine, to convert a semi automatic weapon that is commercially available to average Joe in the States... To an automatic weapon, surely you could buy parts from somewhere. Yeah, probably, or just um, modify it if you're if you're a gun nut. Like exactly. You, you some people gun nuts. There was yeah. I watched it. I watched a video on Facebook of a guy who got, I think it was like, ten, uh, semi-automatic, AK-74s, mm. um, and he built essentially a Gatling gun where he has, um, like the a winch, thing. yeah, like a crank that has all these guns attached to it. You're taking the barrel and the receiver assemblies and the magazines and he loads a 30 round mag into each one and as he cranks it, it fires as it goes past. Yeah. So, like yes, you've got semi-automatic weapons but you've strapped 10 of them together and you're firing one every split second mm. so you've now essentially made an automatic weapon. Yeah. And that's just an out, like the guy was like in his 60s. Well, that's he what just, I'd say. He just with, made it up in the workshop. I'd say with guns, you Mad. should only be able to own. With the gun law thing in America, I'd say you should only really be able to own a certain amount, and it should be registered. Obviously, people will be able to somehow get it in other ways, and that's an issue. Yeah. But you should. There should be a. <clears throat> there should be a thing about like gun collectors. If people want to have some people really into guns, and that's fine. And yeah. Maybe have some sort of way where you can have guns where they haven't got. You can buy. Say goodbye, unknown. You only allowed to have X amount of ammo. As a human, like mm-hmm. I can only buy a hundred. Say I'm only allowed to have two hundred bullets. Yeah. Of, of, for all across all the guns, that includes shotgun shells, handgun. Yeah. Literally two hundred bullets at one time. They're all listed on this system. We have the internet now. Like how hard would it be to have an electronic system to have a yeah. listing of all this sorts of stuff? You know. <laughs> Obviously, there'd be people who'd um, skim it and like, stockpile and hide stuff. and things like that. You're never gonna avoid that. But if you remove the availability of it, mm. you make it harder. In this country. Our gun laws, you know, you have to be licensed to own a gun. You can be, I think it's 18 years of age, you can own a shotgun. 21, you can own a handgun. Right. Um, 
you have to have a reason for owning it, yeah. which can't have it. Um, you have to keep the firearm in one lock container and the ammunition in a separate lock container. You have to have the keys on you at all times. The only person allowed to have keys to them or codes or whatever, depending on how you've locked it, is the license holder himself. Yeah. Um, he checks as well every so Exactly, yeah. Well. You have to refresh your license. Sometimes they can deny it. They can take firearms away. Mm. If... If I were to wave my airsoft gun around in the garden and my neighbour saw it and phone the police, the police would turn up straight away. Armed police would turn up to my house. Yeah. In the States, you phone up, go, oh, my neighbour's got his gun in the garden. They go, ah, oh, I hope he's cleaning it properly. You know, it's it's just so commonplace. I mean, over here, there is a gun problem in so far as that there is gun crime. Yeah. People commit burglaries, kill people, threaten people. It's primarily a gang thing, though. Yeah. Gun crime isn't caused by the average shotgun owner. The average shotgun owner is a farmer or somebody who goes clay pigeon shooting. Yeah. Whereas in the States, the average shotgun owner is just a guy who bought a shotgun. Yeah. And he can he can buy it whenever he likes. Yeah. I mean, there was a program I was watching about a gun store in the States. And they have people coming, they're going, oh, yeah, I want to buy a gun, you know, I'm just, you know, just to protect the house because I want one. And, you know, I'd like, I'd like a nice little pink fashionable one. And they take them out to the range to shoot the gun they're about to buy. And they're, they're constantly feeding them information about, do you really need this? Do you really need something of this caliber, this power? You've never shot a gun before. Maybe you should have something a lot less potent. And, you know, maybe you should really think about getting a gun. Maybe you should try shooting before you ever buy one or this. They're really quite conscious of the people who sell guns in America. Yeah. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, if someone wants to buy it, you kind of can't say no. Why should, you know, that's, it's, it's almost, it's almost wrong to say you can't have it because I don't think you're good enough. Yeah. That guy can. Yeah. Because if everyone has the same right to own a gun, who are you to say, no, you can't buy it? And that's the end of another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as I said in the intro, uh, part two of that chat won't be up till uh, 2018. The New Year, yay, woo, everyone's excited. I'm not really, to be honest. Um, I'm glad to have a bit of time off between Christmas and uh, New Year-ish, but... Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be bl- I'll blink and it'll probably be bloody Christmas 2018 as well. And uh, there won't be a Star Wars film out at that time either, so that'd be quite upsetting. Anyway, um, yeah, so tune in uh, in the new year for part two of Dom. It's going to be all about religion, really, about religious religious extremism, and then we also go into Christianity. And you know, I'm an atheist; he's a Christian, so it's it's a pretty good chat. I, I, well, pretty good, I think. It's a bloody brilliant chat, but you know, I'm a bit biased. Um, and I'm a bit ego, you know, egotistical because it's my own voice that I'm listening to. And right now I'm just blithering on in a room by myself. So that's all fun. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. You know, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, re- review us on iTunes. Uh, do anything you want, really, with this. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, if you listen to it while you're having sex, I'd be very, I'd be quite, I don't even know how I think about that. It, it'd be kind of, would that be flattering or would it be scary? I don't know. I'm tired. I'm rambling on at the end of this podcast and everyone's just hoping for it to be over. So thanks for tuning in, guys, um, and I'll speak to you in the new year.